It's June 5th, 2021, and welcome to episode 59 of the Babe Metal Podcast. We gather in the podcast Discord server on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Babe Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. Hi, I'm Paul, and I'm joined by Kevin. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And Maggie. Howdy, 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 howdy. All right, so uh, the main topic today is going to be to talk about some interviews with Cobo Metal, um, in particular the large one that was in uh, Hedobon 24. We fairly recently got a translation of that, and we'll talk through that. But in fact, actually, there's been a ton of news, too, to talk about uh, ahead of time. So we can kind of go through those various things first and then mm-hmm. and then get back to the interviews. Yes. But, okay, so let's see. Um, one thing that made it, it sort of at the top of this list of news that we forgot to mention before, but I, you know, at this point I almost, <laughs> it feels like it's such distant past, but, um, mm-hmm. so there's going to be a live stream end of June, right? Yeah. That was, that was the 26th, big announcement. 26th, I think? Yep. June 26th. 26th. Yes. And they initially released a certain amount of merch for it. And we talked about that. Um, but then there was actually a second round of, of merch that somehow we never, never got to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe which is weird, but, um, so there was among, among the things that there were, um, was there was this, um, uh, little gong and packing tape. The gong is awesome. (laughs) I got sucked into that really hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was very, I was very pleased by that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, it's probably one of the coolest things that, that I've seen from, from them. But yeah, so there's, there's uh, this little mini gong that comes with a sticker pack, you know, so you can put the stickers on the, on the gong. They sort of match the episode circles. So they match the gongs from the shows. Um, And then there's this packing tape, which, you know, sort of looks like crime scene tape, but you actually, you will have um, by now, probably you will have seen an instance of this uh, around a barrel at the Budokan shows. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, and also they have ear protectors. Yes, um, I definitely ordered me one of those. Yeah. And for those of you wondering why packing tape, that's actually not uncommon merchandise in Japan for music groups. Believe it or not. Didn't uh, like perfume release a set at one point yeah. or something? Perfume's done it. Several other groups have done it. It's it's weird. I, I don't understand why it's a thing, but it's it's a real thing. It's not something completely off the wall random i guess it'd be kind of like those fancy deco tapes like you get for writing notes and things like Mm. that they always have those fancy little tiny little tapes that you that have all sorts of different things i guess it'd be kind of along those lines maybe it's not (laughs) tiny though it's like the size of a roll of duct tape so it's not like right and it's also not (laughs) removable (laughs) i i totally realized that but i'm just saying it, it could be related in regards to the little little deco there's a specific name for him and i cannot think of it right now mm. but it could be something along those lines too maybe when we're like, back to having like why they release those sort of things mm. maybe when yeah. we're back to having in-person shows again the first person to pass out at the after party is going to get duct taped to the ceiling by the official tape perhaps yeah that's exactly <laughs> what i was thinking like what 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 do you actually use this for <laughs> well paul like everything else you buy you put it in a box and never look at it again i guess that's pretty much it yeah <laughs> I was just considering, like, if I sent something from me to other people, like, if I had that tape on there, they'd be like, oh, hey, I know who this is from. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, everybody knows that I like baby metal. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be very obvious. <laughs> use it to wrap a gift. Yeah, it would be. It would yes, be kind of fun exactly. To use it for real, you know, around, around a 
package or something, but at the same time, you know, then it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I put a second order in for some other stuff, which we'll mention here in a moment. And uh, mm. I did order a second set of that packing nice. tape. Very nice. Good. That's good. Now you have one to use and one to store. No, sure. no, I'll use both of them. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Perfect. Another thing they had, this uh, we, I mentioned it a second ago, but they had this, they have these ear protectors, you know, like little, um, I think they're like hi-fi earplugs, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, they have a, on the front of it, it says uh, 10 baby metal ears protector, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> this is just a comedy group, really. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I got a good chuckle. Uh, thunder, thunder plugs are, I don't know my ear. I don't know a whole lot about earplugs, but I've heard of thunder plugs and I've heard of people using mm-hmm. them. So I, I think mm-hmm. they're actually pretty good. They released earplugs before a few years back, I think. Yeah, but they uh, weren't I've thunder never, plugs. Like this I is a name brand. Were. Were they? I don't think they I'm were. I'm pretty plugs. sure they were Thunderplugs back then Maybe. too, because I remember that I was like really upset that I didn't get them the last time, mm. and that's why I had to get them this time. I was like, <gasps> right, because they had a little clip top on the top of them, and I don't think they were themed either. They they were just straight up just baby metal earplugs. But the uh, you know I, I feel like somehow the gongs deserve more attention. <laughs> Although I don't know what else to say about them, but that is definitely like the coolest thing. It is really neat. Yet. I didn't get it. I just I, if anything, I would just want this the legend M sticker. That's really all I would want from mm. it. But I just yeah, I kind of have to be a little bit more minimalist in my collecting stuff. So, but uh, it's not about spending money or buying merchandise. It does not make you a fan or less of a fan. Exactly. (laughs) But I will say that it's taken a lot of like stress and just, just gumption to not buy the hoodie because Mm. it is so cool. It looks like the thing that the people got from legend S that pull over Mm. with the hood Mm -hmm. on top of it, except for it's, um, it's 10 years baby metal themed. And it's really cool, and it's supposed to be like super duper oversized, but it's it's a pullover hoodie and not a zip up, and it makes me just ah, but it looks yeah. so cool. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you on that one. I don't like pullovers. I can't I can't do pullovers, just mainly just because it's like anytime it's like okay, well I want to take it. I was like I don't want to take it all the way off. I just yeah. you know I get warm, and then you have to like struggle with the t shirt that you have underneath, and it's like, oh well, nope, it's too yep. cold. Now I gotta put yep. it back on. Yep. Whereas with a hoodie, with a zip up hoodie, you can just unzip it and be like, oh, I feel a little bit better now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone's got their thing. So, you know, I know there are some people out there that would prefer to have the pullover hoodies, but I mm-hmm. am a zip up person. So, but, but it still looks pretty freaking wicked. So, yeah, that was pretty neat. And then, of course, there was a t shirt that came along with it, too. So, I definitely got that. <laughs> I don't remember if I got the shirt. I probably did. <laughs> the stuff doesn't ship till August and we brought it we bought it all more than a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. And even then I think it's end of August. I don't even remember. I yeah, think it's it's well, basically August. whenever you order stuff from Baby Metal, it's basically Christmas yeah. at any random time. <laughs> you never <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I only know I only remember that because recently I got a new bookshelf in my living room and I live alone. So I have a now a place for a little merch shrine where I did not before. And I remember mm-hmm. putting stuff on it and I left a spot. I was like, oh, the gong would look awesome right here. And then, of course, <laughs> a couple of days go by. I was like, wait. And I, and I convinced myself that the gong shipped this month. 
So I went and double checked and it, it is like the end of August and I was very oh, disappointed. Aww. Yeah. Anyway, so as the summer ends, we will we will see these things, no doubt. As the summer ends, you will get a hoodie. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, that's a perfect timing, though. <laughs> you get into the fall and then you get a hoodie. Yeah. It's like, hey. But it doesn't get cold awesome. enough here in California for. Well, fair enough. Hoodies and long sleeve things until like November. Eh, well, I'm going to figure me. that out here soon because now I live close to D.C. and we've had some weird weather within the last month. Mm. It went from like being 80 degrees one day and then drop like to 60 the next. I'm just like, um, well, that's horrible. I just put my winter clothes away with the crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to see how the weather is over this far over east and slightly north. So. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be fun mm. but i've got hoodies so it's all good <laughs> yeah this particular one is actually um they, they call it a, a damaged hoodie uh, I, i'm not sure exactly what it is that's supposed to be damaged about it i guess it's the i guess it's like a worn design the, the printing yeah the printing is distressed yeah. yeah i think distressed would have been better english <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah all right that's good the deluge of merch continues yeah yes. I guess we well yeah we can let's we can move to the 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 next bit which is actually um this is super recent and super sudden so like I I went to sleep one night and I woke up and there was an announcement of a like a box set vinyl series for the one only uh, that had been announced and went on sale and sold out all while I was asleep mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah reason I mean, behind I, that though there was actually a reason behind that though and I didn't realize it until I did a little bit more research it was limited to a hundred copies 100 yeah yep yep yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about this thing because i'm a record person yes <laughs> you you can now get everything they have ever done as far as like a big show live on vinyl and that's super exciting and lots it of it lots of it has never been released on vinyl or never released separately which is also very exciting yeah yes! big fox five fox trilogy um you name it if it's a big show or was a blu-ray there's now a vinyl set for it um like paul mentioned overnight when they announced all this stuff one of the items it was a one only exclusive that was limited to 100 you got 10 of these albums in a metal storage container uh printed with fox god crew Hmm. um now the, the sticker shock on this is pretty ridiculous it was a, it's a, a thousand, about a thousand U.S. dollars for this set. Um, and I got to admit, when I woke up and saw that in my post wake up haze, I was shocked that they released something that was a thousand dollars, hundred thousand yeah. yen. Mm-hmm. What What were your thoughts when you saw it's that? Almost, it's kind of nice not to have had to make that decision. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to talk about that a little bit more. But what were your guys's reactions when you saw the hundred thousand yen item go up I was and just be gone? Like, I don't have that kind of money. I'm glad mm. it sold out beforehand. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess, I mean, that's, that's, it's ambitious. Yes. Mm. Very. The, the thing that makes me hesitate is that we're all waiting for the actual Budokan, you know, mm-hmm. stuff, whatever exactly. it is, the Blu-ray set. Mm-hmm. And this is a, it's a really big thing to try to wedge in before that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So only a hundred, hundred thousand yen, 10 records. Well, mm-hmm. 10 albums. So mm-hmm. 26, 26 actual discs. <laughs> yeah. 26 actual pieces of vinyl. So when I, when I actually, you know, fell back asleep and then woke back up, had some coffee and had time to process this and was over the sticker shock um, and was over everybody crying on Twitter because they sold a thousand dollar thing. Um, it's actually a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I'm going to hold that as fact. So yeah. what, what you get, you get 10 albums, 26 individual vinyls. For example, the trilogy um, set <laughs> is 11 vinyls by itself. Um, I did the math on this. There are two included things we don't know anything about. The um, um, 10 Baby Metal Legend special guest pass. We, mm-hmm. we don't know what that is. Um, and some other stay metal. They call it an analog board. Yeah, well, that's, that's another vinyl. And it's almost certainly the uh, Rock Macon show. Yeah, probably the Rock Macon show. Well, it, it did say it had nine unreleased something or others i can't remember what the wording they use but it was like nine essentially nine tracks of something that's been unreleased yeah and then one specific track that was recorded somewhere quote sacred so that's yeah so it's something different i don't think it was tracks though i think it's i think it's the actual things there nine nine of the things were not released before and the and the tenth one was the secret the secret no. right oh final. okay okay right. i might have mis- misread it then and yeah. of course interpretation being google thanks yeah <laughs> analog so board, this, by the way this, is, is just how they they often refer to a, a vinyl record right. Right, right 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 so that's cool so i didn't include these in my math when i did the math it works out to about 40 us dollars per individual vinyl disc mm-hmm. that's a pretty good deal um, yeah, it's it's a hair on the high side for an individual disc for vinyl um, to put that into perspective. My Foo Fighters greatest hits was 60, 60, almost 70 US dollars after tax. Mm-hmm. And that's two albums, you know, like mm-hmm. 16 songs, eight on each side, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, they actually there isn't a whole lot of Coba tax on this. Uh, the box mm-hmm. itself is probably worth 50 to a hundred dollars. It's a pretty nice box. I searched around for something similar and that's about what I got for a, a metal storage container that of course isn't branded. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have the limited factor of it being only one in 100 sold. So a thousand dollars, I would have bought it. Mm-hmm. If it was available, I probably would have bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because because the value is pretty good. The the only thing that I'm disappointed in is that it would have been cooler if you could have chosen or chose the ten albums that they put in it, in addition to the extras, because uh, some of them I'm, I'm just not interested in. Um, the chosen seven, I don't really care if I have vinyl of. Um, I already have like four copies of Legend Metal Galaxy or uh, excuse <laughs> me Metal Galaxy on vinyl. Right. Um, so it would have been cooler if I could supplement those with something I didn't already have. Um, mm-hmm. but even still it's, it's a cool item. Mm-hmm. Once you look past the sticker shock, it's, it's a decent value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a collector, mm-hmm. it's the ultimate collector's item for something, a group like this for a music group. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you've been with them for a hot minute too. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but yeah, but it did sell out immediately. So, um, yeah. And yeah, so this, this had, it, it seems to me like these are largely things that were already the one before. So it's like Budokan Black Knight that was never mm-hmm. released except as part of the Budokan. Right. right. And, uh, you know, the world tour 2014 apocalypse and, and world, world tour in Japan. These were all, these are also the one only legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, um, not, so none of these things that we've talked about so far are things like Tokyo Dome. Right. Um, however, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it, it. Well, I don't know if you wanted to keep talking about that, <laughs> but uh, well, so we're not done yet. Uh-huh. No, so there's you can buy all these separately. Everything that's in that box you can buy separately and more. Um, CD Japan, a lot of them come with a custom hand towel mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I think they do on um, Asmar too. I didn't. I I did not see anything on that. But then again, I also the only thing I ordered was the. Um, the big Fox festival one. Cause that was my very first show that I ever went to. And I did don't, well, I literally don't have anything mm. from that show. I mean, other than maybe the, the one merch with the little, um, uh, little, Oh, I can't think of what they're called. The, the mask danglies. I can't think of what they're called, but I have the that. Danglies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're called. There's this official name for them, but I have that. And that's literally it. Like I don't have the, mm. the video for it. I don't have any audio for it. And so when I saw that they were releasing that by itself, not with the five Fox Festival, but big Fox Festival by itself, I had to get it. And I'm excited yeah. because I just got my vinyl stuff in today. So I have nice. a frame for it. I have a frame for it. And I also have a case of like a, a replacement case because I want to hang the, 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 the vinyl cover up on the wall, but I want to mm-hmm. listen to it. Yeah. So and I, you can't buy more than one copy unless you're buying it from somebody else. And I don't really want to go through all that. So I was just like, I am ready for it to come to me because <laughs> I really yeah. want to listen to it because it's the only thing that I would have from that show. So I'm really, really excited about it. And and I'm glad that I'm a member of the one because it was an, a one only uh, set disc, which it also came with the hundred hundred set as well. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really grateful for that. And I'm getting a new vinyl player because the current one that I have, the speakers are completely blown out on it somehow. I think there might have been like a storm or something and it might have just fried mm. it, which makes me sad. And it plays faster than it really should as well. So oh, that's fine. I, I got a new vinyl player coming just for that, too. <laughs> nice. Plus, plus, when my birthday happened, I got both metal galaxy and the 10 baby metal years on vinyl too. So I'll have to listen to those as well. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Those are, so yeah, those are great vinyls. Records. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of vinyls I have to listen to and I picked up a lot of different stuff as well. And I do kind of want to f- listen to my Fantasia again. <laughs> nice. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to chat offline and about vinyls. <laughs> I'm not like super into them, but like it's, it's I'll get you there. neat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I really want to throw all the money again, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, there's been a few here or there that I've picked up. But yeah. any huskies. Um, but yeah, so that whole entire thing is actually really cool. And I'm gl- grateful that they are releasing all those on. Because like you said, there are some that have not had audio releases mm-hmm. that are now being released on vinyl. And that's just that's really cool. I, I, I yeah. This is probably one of their better ideas. So, I agree. I agree. It's a little more on the pricier side, but it's still, still neat. So, yeah, I, sp- I spent some money and got some of the older ones for mm-hmm. sure. 
I'm pretty excited to get those and listen to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I, I still have yet to get actually a, a record player though, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll get you there. The, um, on, so all of these are available on Osmart. Um, and and um, the ones that are not the one only come with this um, 200 millimeter by 200 millimeter hand towel, which is a, mm-hmm. the same size as the, or the same um, design as the cover. Um, and, and so all the ones that are on CD Japan and probably Amazon too, but at least CD Japan also come with those. So basically anything that you can get from, you know, anything that you can get where you're not required to be the one member also comes with these little towels, yeah. but they're little. I mean, like, <laughs> that's microscopic. Not so, um, anyway, yeah, I, it's a little, it's a little sad that the, the actual, the one ones don't, but yeah, I was kind of sad when. I was just looking up. I'm like, I really would love to have one of the of the big box festival, and that would have been really cool. But it is what it is. Not that I need more things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, and I think among the the things that you know, among the possible um, covers that you can get, I was the, the five fox festivals one, which that that one is that one is actually sort of unique among the other ones in that uh, it's kind of like a combination. You know, it's just sort of a couple of songs from each of the each of the mm-hmm. five right. exactly mm-hmm. um it's not it's not a one show but but the cover is different i mean like it's the the cover is a design that doesn't really exist on anything else mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. i mean even even when you get the blu-ray set it doesn't have that design on it right so it would have mm-hmm. been tempting but you know in the end i was thinking well this is that would be just like a poster basically uh, mm-hmm. you know 5.5 ken poster <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and that was part of the reason why I didn't want to buy a second copy of it because I was just like, I'm not going to pay fifty five dollars for something that's going to be on my wall unless no, it's what, specifically what meant you, to be on the wall. <laughs> you you take the vinyl out and you put it in a plastic sleeve. Well, that way you yeah. can hang the cover. That's what I'm doing. That's yeah. I got the replacement yeah. sleeves for it just so I could do that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what yeah, you're supposed to do. You yeah, don't need to get that's, two. That's what I did. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> so i think one of the ones that that uh well this and actually it sold out it sold out on osmart right away um uh was legend 9997 uh, yeah. and i and idz legend idz yep. uh which both of those are interesting because they have covers on them that you know don't exist yeah in other shows right yeah mm-hmm. so i mean i got those on cd japan yeah i'm very i'm very excited to get legend 99 97 all all the old super old ones yeah mm-hmm. you know, know i'm very excited i didn't buy i didn't buy anything newer than legend m on vinyl and i'm very excited to get all this old stuff on vinyl because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, what um uh the animation song would be on one of them i'm sure and they are white yeah what is it white white love i think yeah yeah white love yeah. will be there um chakota love and mm-hmm. um love machine Mm-hmm. I'm, very, I'm very excited to get those you know so i think the the cover the cover affected my choice a bit you know so <laughs> so i got legend 1999 97 but i i i passed on idz because it just it the cover didn't seem good enough <laughs> mm. I, I could care less about the cover i'm yeah. gonna take it out and put it right in the record player yeah well and and you know and uh, for me you know what's gonna end up happening is i'm gonna just you know bring up iTunes and hit play, you know, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, Fair we'll get enough. you a record player. 
we'll have this conversation. <laughs> I also got um uh the forum. That that's one that I you know just because I was there. Mm. It uh it does even though they have that design on like shirts and things I, and mm-hmm. posters and stuff. I don't have it on the you know twelve inch by twelve inch mm-hmm. square. So yeah. Well, like I said, I I was thinking about like stuff I already had on on audio in some census and i already have the legend dim the one edition the the forum the one edition and metal galaxy the one edition so i was just like well there's really no point in getting all three of those on vinyl and so like i said the only other show that i had been to was big fox that was my first show so i was like well i just gotta get this one okay (laughs) yeah yeah i can see that being one of the highlights of this whole thing Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. because it's true that i mean as you had detected big fox was very rarely separable from the the other ones so mm-hmm. uh i mean if i could have gotten it by itself i'm sure i would have <laughs> oh yeah, yeah i would have like if the blu-ray was by itself i would have bought it but with yeah. it being with that whole entire set and it's like what 325 us dollars i yep. just i yep. can't fathom being paying that much for something and i can't <laughs> that has got to be the, uh, you know, among their special deluxe fancy, the one editions, that it's got to be the worst. It's just, it, it it's just is. a box it's with not a even, bunch of blueberries. It's not even the one edition. It's it's no, just it a set. Well, it is. I mean, it's it? requ- but yeah. Did it require? Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, it's not sold out. That's why. <laughs> I guess maybe <laughs> mm, there's a, probably a reason for that. Yeah, it's not, no photo book. <laughs> I think each, if I remember right, each disc itself had like a single photo in it <laughs> yeah it had a postcard in each disc yeah mm-hmm. that were that was specific to that show so yeah, yeah. anyway the anyuskis but yeah i just need to say that i am very distraught that they found my biggest weakness and exploited it <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. the spies have been working overtime uh but okay so uh one minor somewhat minor bit of news um is that there's another metal hammer uh cover issue uh and i think there are actually a couple there are probably a couple magazines that we haven't talked about but um metal hammer is first of all just recently released um and Mm -hmm. second of all has several editions of the cover so that makes it Mm -hmm. noteworthy enough to mention so Mm -hmm. and the cover editions are sort of the obvious ones there's a sue one there's a mall one and then there's a combined one Mm -hmm. um and I think the combined one, for some reason, the combined one is the, is the special edition. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand it, but at any rate. Well, in, I guess the ones that are being sold directly from Metal Hammer um, actually comes with a, I, I guess they call it the size of like A4 or whatever, um, basically the size of the magazine. But it's, it's a print of one of the baby metal like T-shirts. It's the one of the, ugh, I don't even remember who the artist is. Is it IK? I think, but it's basically like a picture of one of the t-shirt designs from within the last few years. And I had to get that one. Although that one, apparently that bundle is only limited to 300 releases of it. And I had to get it because I've been waiting for an actual like physical purchasable version of one of those baby metal t-shirts because I love their designs. And I would literally, if they offered posters on their website, not not baby metal, but the artist who does that specific set, I would literally buy every single one of them because they are just gorgeous. I love those t-shirt designs. 
I hope that it doesn't turn out to be disappointing. <laughs> uh, I suspect that it's going to be sort of like magazine print, you know, thin, wrinkly poster. But no, it's it's um, they did this one time before when it was like baby metal reach for the stars or something as right before uh, Metal Galaxy came out um, and they did another limited release. And I think it was. I don't remember how many of those ones there was, but it was basically uh, it was more like a harder like stock paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had a fox that was kind of like looked like it was embedded in the stars and stuff. And it had little constellation and stuff. It was really cute. Um, yeah. And I do have that one. Actually, I have two of them. Yeah, I do, too, for some reason. I don't know why I have two. Yeah. But well, I-, I had one given to me as a gift uh, for something i can't remember what it was for <laughs> but i did something for somebody and they were like here have this as a, as a thank you i'm like okay um and then there was also another version of that that was in another bundle that had more of these like the shiny stuff on it that was limited um so i'm assuming because that was also a metal i believe that was also a metal hammer magazine so i my greater assumption is that it would be the same quality as as that last one, the the kind of thicker stock uh, uh, paper being printed on. So I don't know. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, that, you're right. I I had forgotten about that one, but I that one was I didn't. And, you know, the design I actually didn't like all that much. I and mm-hmm. now that you mentioned that there were two two versions of it, I think I actually have four. <laughs> now that <laughs> because I think I probably have two of the like two of the like special one and two of the non special one, and they differ only in like a little bit of how much color is on it, and then one of them is numbered. Yeah. But, um, One came anyway, that was distant past. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> it's only been two years ago. Has it been two years? Oh my gosh. Has it been two years? Oh man. <laughs> Sometimes it just, it, my sense of time is just shot. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, there's a little thing. I suppose we can talk about the little thing. Um, the Nikkei Entertainment Power Rankings, they mm-hmm. they appear every year, um, and we have gotten a new update of these. I I sort of understand them. They basically ask, you know, have you heard of these people and are you interested in them? And you know, so that so uh, on the babymetalnews.com site, there's a uh, Faku has put a you know, put together some nice graphs and statistics and things like that, showing you know upward trending graphs, mostly <laughs> with a little dip there in the middle. Yes, I was actually kind of happy to see that because I know a lot of people have been kind of complaining that really, really haven't been doing a whole lot within the last year and, you know, with COVID and stuff of that nature. But yet they're, you know, they're slowly on the rise. They're still well known. And actually, it's better than it ever has been. I don't know. I just I find that as being a positive. So, yeah, I I think anybody who says they haven't been doing anything over the last year has been living under a rock and doesn't understand the world or what other groups are doing. Yeah. Uh, Baby metal has done by far a lot more than similarly sized groups anywhere in the world. Yeah. And actually one, one other aspect of, of this is it could be that the height of the 2021 bar might have a lot to do with Kohaku. I mean, you know, like, Mm-hmm. one event could have bumped that up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that is a very easily recognizable show in Japan. That's 
pretty much broadcast all over the country. I think. Yeah, the whole the whole country watches it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that would that will bump up the recognition for sure, and then a little of the interest. Yeah, I even got a message from a, a Japanese friend of mine who I tutored her husband uh, here in the U.S. And she messaged, she's like, I saw Baby Metal in Kohaku and they won and it was fantastic. And I know you love Baby Metal, so I wanted to let you know. And I'm like, thank you. Oh, I that's appreciate great. You. Oh, she, she's a sweet lady. But mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I was in Japan. And so I got to watch it with my mother. And so we saw it and their performance was fantastic. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> yes. <fun. laughs> it was awesome. It was cute. Oh, actually, there was a couple things that I meant, I meant to say about the Metal Hammer issue that i that i hadn't um not about like the different editions and stuff that it comes in but actually the, the contents of it is really quite good um mm-hmm. they have you know people have gotten them and so you know we've had we've seen what's in them but there are a lot of pages there's just sort of a um a lot of text it's in there history actually they actually mm-hmm. like had someone specific go out and do like a crap ton of research on them which was great to hear <laughs> And they have they have little um you know page long interviews with Herman Lee and uh, Rob Halford. Uh, they have uh, a little. There was a thing where you I, I barely remember this, but uh, they, they I guess solicited basically pictures of, like selfies of yourself with your stuff, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It was on it was on Twitter. They they yeah. posted something like that, and I had wanted to kind of participate in that, but I was like, I know there's going to be a lot more people with a lot more stuff, and I'm just like, eh, I'll just eh, whatever. <laughs> but uh yeah there was some recognizable faces in there from pretty much everywhere in the world which is pretty cool so yeah. uh yeah yeah they published and, a couple pages of those mm-hmm. yeah so that was actually really neat to see there's another uh, a friend of kevin and i uh who was even interviewed i think for i don't know if his stuff actually got posted anywhere exactly but he even had an interview because of all like his tattoos and stuff uh so that was kind of cool <laughs> yeah oh you mean metal hammer specifically interviewed this person yeah cool. meta- yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh someone from the editorial they basically they that he posted his tattoos because he's like i've got tattoos and he's like the dude was like that's really really cool and i guess he they delved into like his other stuff that he's done which He's done some um, writing things, which is what he does for a living. And then they were just like, dude, this is really cool. Can we like interview you about all this stuff? And he's like, oh, heck yeah. So I haven't really heard much more about it from him on that. But uh, but I think I think it was even maybe on the podcast or something. I don't know. I'll have to actually ask him. because, I, Like I said, I haven't really heard anything more about that. Yeah. Metal Hammer does have a podcast. That's what you're referring to. The because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they did discuss this, uh, putting this issue together a little bit on that. I, I didn't listen to it myself, but I'd seen references I'm not to either, it. no. Um, the thing I was going to say, I don't think I said this already, was that um, they also have a, an interview with Rob Helford where, in which he expresses uh, interest in collaborating with them. <laughs> Again. Yes, needed. It was awesome the first time. Yeah. And they, have a, they had, actually had a, a, a little spread on, um, on merch. You know, or like some the sort ultra of rare, rare things. things. Yeah. And did we talk about that? I feel like I, I, I think mm-hmm. I, nope. I have this 
feeling like we talked about it, but maybe I'm just remembering some other conversations. I mean, they but... did have something like that in um, the uh, Katakawa uh, magazine maybe of like super ultra rare merchant stuff, which I know that like the sunglasses are one of them. Um, and then the cloak from IDZ and uh, of course all the baby, baby, baby metal merch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Those yeah. are always really rare. Um, and uh, I can't remember some other stuff. Basically, uh, the main thing I just wanted to highlight is that um, this Metal Hammer issue is good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like even even apart from the editions and the covers, it's uh, it's a pretty significant thing. It's worth the time to get it if you have the opportunity to get it, which there's many different ways that you can, whether it's Amazon or there's, I think, like Newsstand UK. There's also another like My Celebrity something or other that you can order magazines from. So you know, there's many different ways you can get it. And of course, if you're in Japan, there's Amazon Japan. And I think they're mm-hmm. actually starting to sell it on ASMART now. Um, so yeah, so definitely worth getting if you have a moment to read. Yeah. Uh, what is left? We have, well, I guess uh, two little minor points of news and a big point of news. There's a, another record store day. Uh, Metal have, has participated in a couple of these record store days uh, in the past the the um uh, metal resistance red edition was for was uh, sold in the record store day in Europe in 2017 and the mm-hmm. distortion single was a record store day I, I think it was maybe the distortion like the red one or something there was some special edition that was record store day only in the US in 2018 I think and so. now they're doing one in Japan in 2021 and it's actually pretty cool actually the um the I don't know if, I don't know how these are how easily easily gotten these will be probably not very but um no. what they're what they're selling is uh vinyl editions of the three albums but they're picture discs that have basically the cover of the album on the on the disc so not just a color but an actual image that's different they look nice yeah those would be ones that you would take out of the special case and then put them in the the vinyl only like frames those mm-hmm. would be really cool yeah yeah these would be sort of sad to just like leave and leave in an anonymous cover <laughs> exactly <laughs> definitely yeah those are pretty neat i do still need the first two albums <laughs> what <laughs> now that i've got the third one on vinyl now i'm like oh, I see. you gotta have go them all and, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> dang it <laughs> yeah, that's that is the problem like it's 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 you either have to just be at peace with having just a couple or you have to go insane. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's not hard to get the other two, but I know there's like special editions of a couple of them and I'm just like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, for, for both the first two, you can get them in black and in red. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And Metal Galaxy comes in like five different colors or something. Yeah, the the translucent, the the glow in the dark one. I regret mm. thoroughly not getting it. Like mm. I really still wholeheartedly regret not getting it. Uh, but uh, but yeah. Let's see. Uh, I I put on here. I don't know if this is interesting. Um, it seemed interesting to me. But uh, Tenso is now like Tenso can ship with uh, Japan Post again. Finally, thank yeah. goodness. So I love that. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, this is just like as of a couple of days ago, um, mm-hmm. they, 
and so they said there's a big backlog you know so it may take a while to get started again but yeah, but, mm-hmm. yeah that's good i mean it's uh it makes a big difference oh yeah definitely well it's it saves a bit of money too i mean yeah well that, that was the difference to which i referred <laughs> yeah well yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean uh, i think i had a couple of magazines that were there and i mean it's like half as much as dhl to get mm-hmm. those so exactly okay mm-hmm. let's move on to the big news there's actually like a big bit of news beyond all this little news which is that we've now seen the first of the three installments on wow of the budokan shows mm-hmm. so that's and and you know we didn't know what that was going to be this is they're they're split up into three the first one i think we maybe knew i don't know if we knew that, that it was going to be sort of concentrating on the first couple like you know the first couple of the 10 shows um but we know that the next one is concentrating on i think the first through the sixth and the last one is the seventh through the tenth so that sounds um, right yeah so they're they're definitely split up by shows but we had a half hour airing of something and it turned out that it was actually just like a self-contained show i mean they they it was five what five songs all together i think yeah but it was just you know it was just there was no narration there was no anything it was just sort of like from the beginning to the end i was fairly pleased by that i actually didn't watch it <laughs> i haven't seen it either what <laughs> well i'm just waiting for well i'm just i'm just waiting for the 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 26th i just i'll just sit and watch it at that point <laughs> and call it a day yeah i mean so there's i think you know we've had this question ever since we knew all these different ways that it's going to be broadcast. But I mean, we don't know, we don't know how any of this is going to um, overlap. Right. I mean, like, so mm-hmm. the thing right. that I've, the thing that apparently only I saw <laughs> um, uh, may not actually be in the live stream and may not actually be in the next thing that, so Wawa actually plays their second thing, I think just before the live stream. So it would be a little weird if it turned out that they had exactly the same stuff in them. Right. It would. But who knows? Mm. Only the fox god. Mm. Okay, so maybe uh, I will talk just a second about that since I'm the only. You probably fan. should. <laughs> but, yeah, sorry. Um, so it uh, it started off with a you know fairly dramatic you know intro uh, to in the name of right, and so they had you know sort of drummers sort of like they had in Legend Us um, arranged around the stage, and they were drumming on these barrels. Uh, the barrels were shooting sparks and uh and around and they had around them this uh tape <laughs> so that's what i was talking about like you could you can sort of see what the packing tape looks like because they decorated the barrels with them and so it was it was yeah very impressive they set it up i think we've seen how this stage looked right so it's it's like a a big sort of i don't know it's an octagon i don't know it's it's a big sort of um circle kind of in the middle and it has a couple of sections that can raise up. And so I'm not quite sure about how the Budokan is normally set up. There's, there is a, um, it's kind of like a circular screen. Like it's just sort of, it's a sports venue or something. Is it not? Yeah. It, uh, the Budokan was actually originally built in like the 1970s for when, um, is it's an Olympic arena essentially for, uh, like, uh, sumo, sumo. wrestling and stuff. Yeah. 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 So that's why it's so so very prominent. So in the chat, Dragon Fairy said it was a judo venue. 
judo yeah there it dragon fury noted it <laughs> um but uh yeah it's a very prominent important place <laughs> yeah so the, there's a big there's a big um cylindrical screen that sort of hangs from the top and i and i think that's a permanent part of budokan like I, yes you know, i think that mm-hmm. yeah because it was it was also in um budokan the other budokan show <laughs> Right. But I mean, like also, I think in other people's shows and stuff. Um, and uh, so, but it seems like it can raise up and down because at a certain, at a certain point they had this sort of like birthday cake looking stage where, you know, you have the circle and then there's like a raised part in the middle, but then it actually meets up with that cylinder from the ceiling, you know, so it's actually all oh, one wow. tall thing. It seems like they are able to raise that up and down. So at, at certain points they were underneath it. Like, so they did, um, uh, well, okay. So they did in the name of that was big enough, uh, you know, impressive. And they went to distortion and then Papaya. Um, and then they, then they, then, then they sort of, um, skipped ahead in the show and did homage and I, which is cool. So they did, they did at least something that was unusual. I think homage and I is one of the ones that gets switched out, right? I think so. But, and, and in that one, they were actually, you know, they were underneath the middle cylinder. Right. So Joachim Broden was up above them and they were underneath. So it does seem like, I don't think it was that the middle went all the way up to meet a stationary cylinder. I think they could raise the cylinder up and down. Anyway, we can look at mm-hmm. that, you know, in uh, the other shows, uh, other playings of this show too. But, mm-hmm. um, and then after that, they sort of skipped ahead to the last thing before the encore, which was Road of Resistance. And it was, this was clearly night two of road of, uh, road of resistance because um uh, what ended up happening was that uh Sumital got stuck she got too into like participating with the crowd and the other two went back into the middle but um she got stuck around the outside when the bridges went down so she couldn't get back to where she was supposed to be <laughs> and awesome. and they played it on wawa that's so you, that's you, awesome. you see her like almost fall <laughs> you you know they they uh sort of strategically did not show her during that part but um uh but they did, you know, she just sort of like proceeded as if she was supposed to be there on the outside, even though it's fairly clear that she was not. <laughs> so, um, but I think you, you only actually know, um, that it was an error. Like if you know the other ones, like if you've seen other ones play it. So I kind of wonder, you know, if Wawa was going to play other roads of resistance so that we can see the difference or not, or maybe this was the only one they're going to do. That's a weird thing to say. Other roads of resistance. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, another, another sort of highlight of this when, you know, so initially they come out with the, the flags or whatever, and, and then, um, then they dispose of the flags And the way in this case, the way they disposed of the flags, they're all standing on these bridges that connect the outer ring to the inner circle. And, um, and they, so they sort of toss the, the flag down into the pit that's underneath them. And, you know, some staff member gets it, but for some reason, <laughs> I, you know, I don't think it's just a perspective thing, it, but it really did kind of look like Sue just like harpooned somebody down there <laughs> with this thing. Like, <laughs> the other two just sort of like dropped it gently into the, into the pit for somebody to grab. And, and, you know, Sue just sort of like, <laughs> it really did she, seem she like she was go. hunting, hunting yeah. fish or something. <laughs> but I, yeah, so ho- hopefully whoever was down there is uh, okay. Right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it looks very, it looks very good though. I think the, um, overall the editing was good. It was not, uh, nearly as cutty as, uh, legend metal galaxy was. Um, so oh, that's good. Oh, that I'm, is I'm good. Yeah. Looking forward to this. Yeah. And there's yeah. a little bit of a teaser at the end that showed a little bit of uh karate and uh give me chocolate too. But oh, that's cool. It was only a half hour. It was, uh, quite short, but uh, right. 
Okay, so now maybe we should, given that we are on our end, maybe we should turn to the interviews. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the the interviews that we're going to talk about are all, well, they're largely Cobra Metal related. Um, the main one is the one that I mentioned at the beginning, uh, a long interview in Hedabon 24 uh, with Cobra Metal. And there's actually also in that same issue, the, um, I'm not sure who wrote it, actually. It was, it was, it was supposed to be written at the direction of the editor in chief, um, which is basically t- uh, a deep dive into Dada Dance itself. Um, it's called the charm and magic of Dada Dance, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And then mm-hmm. the the only other thing is that there there is this sort of like serial serialized um, essay from Cobra Metal in Da Vinci News, which is um, I think that's related to PMC. It's a uh, you know some similar outlet, uh, but. And uh, we've gotten two more parts of that. We we talked about the one that had to do with fashion and, you know, uh, whatever it was, uh, performing even in inconvenient clothing. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but there are two more parts uh, that, that we can talk about a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. No, so, quite interesting, actually. I gazed yeah. over it and I was like, oh, okay. Those are, one thing that's interesting about those is that um, the, they're actually as far as I understand it, they're him writing, you know, it's not somebody interviewing him and transcribing what he says. Mm-hmm. It's actually his essay is broken up. So, mm-hmm. but, um, and then after the, so, so after today, there's a, there's still a bunch of interviews coming up. So we have, um, a long interview with Sue metal and Mo metal, um, from that same head 24 issue, um, that will be discussed in the future. And, uh, we're expecting to hear more, um, from Koba metal, um, translated from the Katakawa volume. Um, there's a translation of an interview from young guitar, uh, with Sue metal and Mo metal coming and a couple of older ones. So there's, there's a ton of stuff to, to talk about. Um, I think we're going to get to those next ones in, it'll be a while. Um, so mm. next time, maybe this is, we'll say, maybe I'll say this again at the end, but, um, next time we're going to have uh, funny toss on, uh, Steven, who's going to uh, talk with us about the process of translation. So mm-hmm. that'll be really interesting. Uh, and then the time yeah, after that out. is going to be, um, what? Oh, it's going to be right after the live stream. So we're yeah. presumably going to talk about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and then the time after that, we'll get back to all these interviews, but, um, and who knows, there's going to be like three times as many by then, <laughs> no doubt. But okay. So, um, now why doesn't somebody pick a, pick a moment, uh, from an interview and we can talk about whichever one that you want to do. All right. Actually, uh, for the Dada dance overview. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> apparently at some point in time, they had put a sample of a woo in the song. And I didn't realize, like, I didn't know like the history behind that whole entire thing. Cause it's actually something that has been sampled for in many, many years in the past. And I was kind of curious cause yeah, I read read the interview. I read the the Hedabon interview with Koba, and then I went and read the thing for the Dada Dance stuff, and I saw that. And um, so apparently that was something that was in a uh, like a gospel, a lady who did like gospel music and stuff, and it was at a, and it was at the end of one of her songs, and then. It had also been sampled in a lot of other like dance music, which obviously Dada Dance is very, if you, if anyone is familiar with the uh, game Dance Dance Revolution, totally reminded me of something that would have been in that game. Like I totally probably would have played it. So they were talking about this sampling in there 
And they also mentioned a group called Two Unlimited, which I loved Two Unlimited when I was a little kid. (laughs) They were super awesome. They were very dance and stuff. Their famous one is Get Ready for This, but I I don't know if anybody actually knows it or not. (laughs) But that's their most famous one. Um, But they also had another song that they released, which was not as famous, but it's, or at least I knew of the song, and it was called Twilight Zone. And that was sampled in the song. And so I was like, wait a second. So I actually pulled up Data Dance and I pulled up Twilight Zone and I played them both. And it is literally the same sampling. And I was like, that is super, super cool (laughs) that they pulled something like that from. I was just like, that's really neat. Yeah, but I thought that was just that. I thought that was really, really cool of them because I guess you know with the the da da dance being the type of song that it is, which is, which that went into a whole the the article went into a whole entire slew with with that um, with the type of song that it is, which is like dance metal, which I personally enjoy. Um, you know that 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 whole entire correlation was just really really cool to me. <laughs> thought it was so neat. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that was that was a really cool little little unexpected excitement that I had <laughs> with the article. Yeah, I think I, so. I so I read the the Koba Metal interview first, like you like you did, um, and it is it's kind of hilarious. We'll, well, I mean, we'll get to that, um, but it is hilarious the degree to which like the whole first third of the thing is is like the editor in chief just can't stop talking about data dance like you know it's clearly had had a huge impact on him um and uh and it does turn out that it's that it is really it is really quite deep but yeah this this um so from what i understood at least from reading this that that uh woo sample was was basically everywhere i mean like so so people people of a certain age uh you know who were sort of listening to music at, at a certain time you know immediate this immediately evokes that that era i mean like this was a very very particular um thing so even though late 80s early 90s yeah that type of dance music but yeah so i think um i think it has a little bit of the same character as the uh like the hallelujah break or the wilhelm scream or whatever like it's Mm -hmm. it's a little thing that everybody includes and so i think they mentioned that um so two unlimited um is a Dutch dance unit, apparently, and the, but they were um, they were the second ones to use it. Someone else, um, House of Venus, took it first. So I'm, I'm not sure what what it is about the Netherlands in this sample, but because <laughs> the the sample itself came from Tremaine Hawkins um, mm-hmm. in 1986, but it got sampled in Dutch, and the Twilight Zone made it to Japan, um, mm-hmm. and, the, and and was sort of in the consciousness of somebody uh, Tetsuya Komuro. Uh, when he formed globe and that's that's the thing um let's see that made it into juliana techno's can't undo this song and then easy to dance finally yeah. by trf um but i mean like so so at the at the time you know at the, at that trf time that, that is clearly being referenced here um it was it was everywhere and everywhere and people you know heard the woo in many many different songs and so hearing it again you know in 2019 um was impressive Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of um, uh, like early, like I said, late eighties, early nineties was very much the time of Euro dance. I, I guess would be the term for that. I uh, it, it was really popular. 
<laughs> back then. They do talk about in this in this interview. They talk about um, this being. I mean, like that. It's it's sort of a sort of a conscious, like many of their songs. You know, they're sort of like taking a style and kind of like riffing on it. But mm-hmm. so this one is a very consciously uh, Avex style, and Avex is is something like a something like sort of like a studio or a producer of of uh, content. You know that that uh, uh, had a sort of, had a particular style that that was that sort of permeated the dance scene. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, and so this this was really recalling. This is a song in that style, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there was there was a funny thing of um, uh, I guess this is actually in the other um, um, the other interview, but they they talk a little bit about um, the the rap stuff that uh, Mo Metal sings. You know, where where mm-hmm. where essentially she's just like listing off TRF songs, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, so easy to dance, overnight sensation, boy meets girl, survival dance, um, and then they also mentioned. Uh, this debut single of Globe uh, feel feel like dance. That was the, the only one that it wasn't a tear off song. I think in there, and and in the other interview, they called it sort of awkward rapping. <laughs> if I remember right. Yeah. <laughs> my my biggest takeaway from reading reading these is how committed to deep cuts he is, and that's a, and that's a theme. I think every time we hear about the creation and formation of songs and music, is okay. What can, what can I steal from from when I was younger? That was popular in the eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. <laughs> but still updated. Because you, you see it everywhere, yeah. But yeah, but updated. But the reference mm-hmm. is there enough for people to get it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Further, I guess maybe the right people to get it because I don't. I don't usually get it. <laughs> right. Well, it was interesting. You know, they talked. They talked a fair amount also about um, Tak Matsumoto mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and and his. You know, like how fitting it is that he's the one that's doing the song. I mean, like because right. he he really is. He was there in the original time he really is kind of a bridge between this dance and heavy and a know, bit of an inspiration yeah music. yeah mm-hmm. even though he's in there uh for 20 seconds or something you know it was, it was an important <laughs> it was 20 so, seconds as being important as he is his time in there was so wasted <laughs> or yeah. something along this lines. yeah in, in the in the Cobra Metal interview there is a um this this I think this happens a couple of times where the editor in chief uh, who's doing the interview is you know talks about how someone's talents are wasted, but uh, but it's 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 meant in a positive way. You know, it's sort of like, you know, it's so great that they were able to participate in this, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like should like, have been more of them in the song, sort of thing. I th- I think it's I think it is more of a positive thing. Like it's it's um I think like it's almost impressive that they weren't used more. In a sense, like you use them just that little bit, and okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, I, it's an I can interesting. See it's that. an interesting uh, concept that I that I didn't quite get. Although the the translators' notes in there, do, you know, they do try to try to clarify that a bit. <laughs> right. All right. Kevin, did you have any uh, any things you wanted to highlight? Um. First of all, we, we're getting this pretty late. This this translate or this interview was pre-release of Metal Galaxy. Um, so the, really the interesting stuff to me was um, just learning how some of the tracks on Metal Galaxy are old. Night Night Burn has been around since Megatsune, um, which which we've known. Um, and I find that interesting. And that the uh, flamenco, the Latin feel, was a late addition or, or a modern addition. So it didn't exist when the song was originally conceived around the time of Megatsune, mm-hmm. which really leads me to wonder what it sounded like without that. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear a reimagining or like an original take on that song before it got the flamenco feel. 
Yeah, it would um, be kind of cool. I think. Especially knowing that it came around during the during the formation of the first album, because um, it would be cool to kind of revisit that style. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they they talked a lot about the the concept for Metal Galaxy and how you know Metal Resistance was um, kind of a, a take a baby metal spin on subgenres of metal. Um, and for this one, you know, after touring the world and getting around and seeing a lot of different stuff, how they wanted the vision for Metal Galaxy was more not so much the the subgenres of metal, but I don't know, worldly music, mm-hmm. <laughs> different styles from around the world to incorporate in a baby metal style. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and really, it wasn't a whole bunch of stuff that we hadn't heard before. Um, but I, I do enjoy Koba Metal reading Koba Metal interviews because you do get those little nuggets of insight um, mm-hmm. that I really think are fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. I thought it was sort of interesting that, like, you know, he, he, we were talking about how, you know, it was the Latin uh, flamenco feel was only sort of a recent addition. It, recent is in a very relative way. So um, mm-hmm. he said, um, it's only in the last few years that I added the Latin feel. Right. Like, this is a really old song. <laughs> yeah. If years ago is, is a recent addition. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And they do say something uh, somewhere in here too about, the, the fact that, uh, you know, there are a number of other songs out there that they have sort of skeletons for and even some that they recorded and didn't put on the album. Right. Yeah. That was one of the things that I found cool, too, because uh, someone had mentioned this while back that, uh, well, also, it was one of the songs that was mentioned was Shine. Um, mm-hmm. And they had that like forever ago, but nobody realized it until the song was really, you know, properly released. Um, because they did actually use shine, even though technically so was, um, so was in the name of, obviously we all, we all know that, but, uh, shine was used as a piano backing to Sue's speech prior to performing to the one. Mm-hmm. So it, and it's just like, we didn't know that was a, you know, that became that piano backing became the song we know now as shine. And it's just, that that whole entire i guess is like you kind of wonder like all the different musicalities and stuff that's used in all the you know the videos and the and the backings and the live shows and stuff like what is something that they've been you know writing up to become a new song you know that's it's kind of wild to think about you know that any of that could be a new baby metal song in the near future so i just that's really, really cool to me. <laughs> that is an interesting thing to think of. I hadn't considered, you know, next time we're doing live stuff is to pay attention to music and themes behind lore and videos and things that are playing because it might mm-hmm. show up as a song someday. Exactly. It's, I mean, that, like I said, the shine was just the one that I could point out, but there may have been others in the past. I, I don't know. I've not really delved into too much, but now ever since like I've, you know, ever since that was pointed out to me, I do kind of, you know, listen in a little bit more and, mm-hmm. you know, keep, keep, keep my ear out. If it's like some new, I know there was, what was it? Something recently was released and people were kind of like, oh, it was the, uh, the show, the shop show. Yeah. They, they had that opening theme to the shop show. Um, a lot of people were kind of going crazy about that because they were just like, oh, that is so cool. That sounds like a neat, like, cool future baby metal song or something along those lines. So, I mean, 
It's always yeah. a possibility on that too. Who knows? But it could potentially just move into nothing. Who knows? You know, but it's still really neat. I know that I, I had a pretty strong negative reaction to that idea because it sounded dumb to me. I, I really hope they don't turn it into a song <laughs> I mean, because it, it just didn't sound like anything. It was somebody playing on, you know, practice scales on a guitar. It did sound, it did sound like a shop channel sh- it's the opening theme to me. I mean, it really did, but it was still kind of cool at the same time. But it definitely sounded like it was supposed to be a opening theme to a shop channel. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I, I have this feeling that I probably complained about it before, too. You know, that it, it really felt like, you know, opening to like some kind of sports show or some kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, and that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. There, so, um, let's see. Another, another thing that was, was interesting. There was some, some discussion in this interview about, um, you know, just sort of collaborating with people and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, the interviewer was talking about, um, you know, getting the people from Polyphia and getting, you know, F hero and talk Matsumoto to, uh, um, participate. And, um, uh, it was interesting actually, because there was, um, uh, I'm trying to find the name here in the interview. It's not Polyphia. There's somebody else that Koba continues to talk about over and over again about that was, you know, being sort of intricate, interesting, you know, guitar stuff. And then, um, and it sounds like it, it sort of sounds like Polyphia, but isn't, um, it's yeah, like, there's um, two, there's actually, I made note of that because I was really excited of the fact that they even mentioned it. Um, one of them, you're probably thinking of periphery. That's it. Yes. They, he mentioned periphery a few times, which they're also really good. Um, but I was really excited at the fact that he mentioned animals as leaders. Because mm-hmm. they they are really really cool. A friend of mine introduced me to them a few years back, and they all they do is instrumental. Like it's no 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 lyrics, no nothing. It is strictly instrumental. Just a good four minutes of just awesome uh, per song. And they've had a few albums out too. And uh, I've got I know I have one of them in the car right now, but um, they're really good. So I was really excited to see that he mentioned animals as leaders in there too because they're they're pretty awesome and they're they're in the kind of the same way as like um polyphia and periphery you have that and i don't know what the style would be considered but it's it's all like that same sort of style but i do recommend animals as leaders mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure so um yeah but yeah, yeah he says hey, i guess we, yeah so we're not right now we're talking about brand new day mainly but um uh so mm-hmm. Koa says, as for the instrumentals, I was thinking of young bands with excellent guitar work. Periphery is somewhat similar to Polyphia that I mentioned earlier. They're extremely intelligent. Also, there's animals as leaders, and there's a lot of bands coming out like that uh, now. Uh, I play the guitar myself, so I'm attracted to the kinds of bands I just mentioned. Um, yeah, somewhere he also said, that, you know, like, like young guitarists will like these people. But mm-hmm. um, so I, one of the things that was that I was going to say was that it sounded it sounded a little bit like he kind of wished it was periphery that <laughs> they collaborated with, but they wound up with Polyphia instead. <laughs> Which was a kind um, of also maybe slightly explain why he really likes, like, like invited, why he invited Galactic Empire to perform for them too. Cause they're kind of like that. They just play music. They don't sing. They don't, you know, do all that. They just play music. So that, that might explain why they, maybe he invited them to do the show and then potentially, became our new or part part of our new western commie van as well it might explain a thing but anyway the the, the thing that um that i was gonna say i guess was that uh they, ta- they talked a little bit about they're, they're sort of constructed ahead of time you know so the brand new day was was 
already sort of composed in the style of Polyphia. Um, and then they, you know, got they got to the end and said, all right, well, you know, now that this is so much, you know, in the style of Polyphia, let's see if we can get the Polyphia people to actually play it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I think that was that was kind of true for for everybody. I mean, like, you know, so when they talked to talk Matsumoto, um, you know, they'd already sort of had they had a song that was perfect for him and for Polyphia, they had a song that was perfect for them. And and um, it seems like, I mean, who knows if this is actually true, but it kind of seems like everybody Copa asked through the contact form on their website um, said yes, right? That's so wild to me. I need to just interject that he just uses people's contacts forms. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, by the way, we have a contact form on our website. That's right. And if, Copa, if you want so to if you're out there, collaborate. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're welcome to collaborate. Yeah have him with that would be nuts to have him on here oh my gosh <laughs> that'd be crazy we're open to it <laughs> i but, mean that um, would be cool oh man you'd be able to believe that that would be like our most listened podcast <laughs> i don't know it'd be crazy anyway. but yeah I, mean, I think you know um koba was thinking you know or expressing the idea that maybe maybe it was because there was this sort of like clear sincerity that it wasn't really just you know we're trying to get a famous name attached to the song just for the splash value you know but but actually this is crafted to be perfectly suitable for you and and it seemed like everybody kind of understood that agreed yeah that's why they came on to it so like um Mm -hmm. the other one that uh this came up with was um Alyssa white glues uh when in distortion you know he said Mm -hmm. um Kobo was saying that he he thought it would be good if the girls were female, but the couldn't but couldn't really imagine Sue doing them. <laughs> so um so he you know looked around for somebody who would be appropriate for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he had mentioned that he was a fan of of Arch is it Arch Arch Enemy? Yeah. Okay, Arch Enemy. Um, I have my own opinions where I think Tatiana from Ginger would have been top notch for that but that's just me <laughs> uh she does a really awesome job of being able to transfer her voice from being the growls to her natural singing voice she's fantastic and i get to see them in november i'm so excited <laughs> Ooh, live um, shows yes live shows are back y'all this is great awesome. <laughs> albeit it's a few months down the road but still this is great um so this is another band to suggest is Ginger. They're great. Um, but it would have been cool to have seen her on that. Man, it would have been awesome. I don't know. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Another daily rant with Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> Any other moments anyone wants to pick? Um, I'm glad that he brought up Ghost. Because he did bring that up that... Because I always see the correlation between Ghost and Baby Metal being a lot the same. They have a story. There's a lot of, like, you don't kind of know what's going on, but you're kind of along for the ride sort of thing. And Ghost is one of those bands where you kind of have to see them live to be able to get the full, like, picture. I mean, Baby Metal's sort of mm. the same way. Um, and uh, I guess at one point he did actually get to talk to uh, some of the touring band members because uh secrets out but the touring band is never the same kind of like baby metal 
Um, <laughs> um, the only, oh, the only question, the comic band for big metal is usually the same though. Well, it's usually the same, but now, now we've got like the Western and Eastern and sometimes people are replacing each other, you know? Um, but, uh, I just, I liked him bringing up like the comparison of, you know, you know, they're, they're very, you know, you got to see it live to be able to get the full, full picture of them. So, um, cause I'd always thought about that in regard as well that ghosts is like baby metal they're just from you know sweden actually <laughs> um are they it, yeah what is it I, what is it the koba seems to have a very uh deep respect for the swedish metal scene <laughs> apparently because everybody's from sweden sabaton avatar avatar um, yeah uh there's well, somebody else too um but i mean so ghost yeah. also yeah, Ghost is Ghost is from Sweden as well, um, and it's also one of those things too where, and he had mentioned it in the interview as well that Tobias Forge, who's also the lead singer, but he is also the one who produces all the songs. He comes up with all the you know the lyrics, what you know he comes up with the music, um, and I've 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 delved into interviews with him before where you know he has specific people who are in the studio that records the music for in the studio. And then when he's going out on tour, he has a totally different set of people that go out on tour with him. They're that are not the same people that recorded in studio, which does that sound like baby metal. <laughs> so they have mm-hmm. a lot of correlation in between the two. And then I just, it was really neat to have saw that he, you know, Koba had the opportunity to speak with, he said some of the touring bands. So I don't know if he specifically talked to Tobias at all, but, um, but he, he, it was really cool that he was like, I find this really fascinating. And, you know, I've seen them a few times. Yeah. You know, I can't remember where it was. It was like, they had super Sonic was one of them download Japan, I think, which I didn't even know they were at download Japan, uh, or either that, or I did. And I just forgot because I wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> um, but he's like, yeah, I've seen them perform a few times and it was just, it's really cool because you know, they, they get it. <laughs> it's like, I'm not crazy <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for coming up with the same idea. You know, they, they get this, I, the same, you know, they have the same idea too. It's the same kind of concept, but he's like, I've got a good you know respect for that. And I'm like, that is so neat. <laughs> hmm there are kind of parallels in the imagery and the, and the, uh, when the commie band became actually masked, uh, that parallel became, you know, sort of closer. Yeah. Well, that's true. Definitely. Um, At this point, at that point. Yeah. Um, but, but it's quite possible that it was for a very similar reason. You know, like if you want to maintain this, this idea, if if you don't want to make it obvious that the people are changing all the time, then Mm -hmm. you hide them. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah. But, Which I mean, most of us, I, I think most of the people that are, have been longtime fans of the group don't necessarily are not super faced by that because I mean, it's not like we don't know who's been replacing who, and it's not like we can't identify who they are by the guitars that they're playing. So it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, a sound playing or not in ghost. No, uh, I'm talking about in baby metal, yeah. but no, in, in ghosts, you, you have almost zero clue who is behind those masks except for the fact of if they're male or if they're female, because there's the nameless ghouls and then there's the nameless ghoulettes, <laughs> which I know one of them plays the keytar and keyboard. And then the other one 
also I believe plays keyboard I think I can't remember it's been so long but um yeah there um there was a um a chunk here at the at the sort of end of the Cobalt Metal interview where we talked I, I talked a fair bit about kind of like the um the theater of pro wrestling um <laughs> Which I mean, like you know, he 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 clearly gets a lot of kind of inspiration from from this. You know, sort of talks talked about um, the the you know sort of the whole idea of I don't think it, I don't think this term was used, but willing suspension of disbelief. You know, like essentially mm-hmm. you go in there, everybody don't, knows what's going on, but but you pretend you don't because that's part of the that's part of the fun. You know, yeah. so even though sure. everybody knows who everybody is, you know, it's shocking when somebody. You know, in character reveals the identity of somebody, some other character, even though everybody knew who it was. <laughs> right. You know, that kind of thing. Well, actually, he also mentioned um, this was, the, you know, all these things are kind of mixed together, but he was t- talking a little bit about um, Evangelion and um, how when that was a thing, you know, there's a certain mysteriousness to that. You know, like not everything is explained. And, and true. Um, Good you know, gracious, is that true? <laughs> and, you know, and he was saying, like, you know, at, at the time when that was current, you know, there, there wasn't this sort of instant access to all kinds of feedback and, and you know, everybody getting the the actual answer from the actual creator and stuff. So, you know, so you would, everybody would interpret it in their own way and they would talk mm-hmm. about it at school or at work or whatever. And, you know, um, very and that, true. That was something he, he values, you know, so he, you know, he likes to leave mystery open, you know, that, that, you know, it's not, if, if if there is an answer, he doesn't want to just give it. Uh, you know, he wants he wants to get uh, participation from the audience and in interpreting things. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing that was kind of funny was that um, uh, he actually did also say that. Um, okay, so he was asked how how would you like people to enjoy Metal Galaxy, and he says, um, you know, over the past three and a half years, both the member and the project itself have evolved in many ways. I hope people will enjoy the new things. I'm sure there will be both pros and cons. I'm sure there will be controversy, and I think. That's part of what makes uh, pro wrestling what it is as well. <laughs> so I'm fine playing the character of a villainous manager like KY Wakamatsu, um, and I think that's I think that is perfect. I mean, like that. Um, yeah. Uh, in a sense, that is exactly the character he's been playing. You know, and mm-hmm. and uh, that's the character that uh, the fan base has been uh, playing along with. <laughs> uh huh. That's very accurate. <laughs> so so I, I thought it was it was a sort of a moment of um uh awareness you know like like he he knows what's going on just like everybody else does mm-hmm. yeah you yep. there was actually there was one other thing albeit it's not in the head of band one it was in the the, the serializations but mm-hmm. i thought it was really cool um that because note i'm not much of a drinker i don't really drink <laughs> i do but not you know, I don't drink beer. That's ugh, that's to each her own on that right here. But I thought it was actually really cool in the serialization that he mentions that metal is a lot like beer. Like beer is beer, but then you have all these like different variations, releases of you know seasonal types. You know, you've got your independent beer makers out there. Um, who do their own specialized thing, but the very basis of it is beer. <laughs> you know, you've got your time that you make it. It depends on who makes it, that sort of thing. But it all is, is it, it's all this, you know, it's beer. <laughs> and he's like, metal mm-hmm. is a lot like beer where, you know, there's, there's a certain, you know, 
thing that you kind of follow, but then you take it and you, you know, you experiment with it, you do different things with it. And, but you understand that it is still metal music in its, you know, in its form. So I, I thought that was kind of a cool, yeah, funny toss had mentioned this. It's an, an analogy uh, in, the, in the chat, a really good analogy. And I was just like, I kind of, like I said, me not being a beer drinker, you would think I would tell Luga over my head, but I, I used to know people that You've been were around. Real- You've been around. I've been around. So hmm. it's like, I, you know, I know a bit about it. So I was just like, okay, all right. I see, I see the, 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 the correlation there. That's, that's kind of cool. It's, it's really neat. <laughs> it just, that was just one of those things. I think so. That's that's kind of at the end of the third part, um, but it sort of feels like it fits mm-hmm. more with the theme of the second one, which which is essentially the the power to continue. Uh, was, is I think how he phrased it. But it was, uh, I mean, it, he he made analogies to like uh, religion, uh, where you know, like there's mm-hmm. there's a sort of a um, a tradition and a kind of there's a kind of a thing that you go back to. There's a kind of um, uh, comfort. Uh, what is he? What did he say? It has a a, a, a mental relief or something <laughs> that you get from mm-hmm. from from just sort of the the tradition of it, and uh, that is the thing that kind of that kind of has the longevity to to survive. I mean, like that that you you make sort of a you make sort of a uh, a brand that is designed to continue rather than a brand that is designed to just like make a lot of money right now, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Right, um, exactly. And so. In that sense, that sounds a little bit like what he was saying with beer. Like beer has had staying power. Like it, it's there's always beer. I mean, like there are little yeah. variations on it, and you know, <laughs> there will always be beer. Yeah, exactly. You, like you define your version of beer off of the basic form of beer. Like you, everything is defined as a variation from the the core that is that continues, right? Mm-hmm. And, exactly. You know, so then, and I think that's that's what he was. He was. And I think trying to promote that as, as a, you know, metal being like that, like there is a core thing that everyone will uncontroversially call metal. And then there are mm-hmm. all these things that are sort of playing off of that and aren't that, but they're, you know, they occasionally check back in with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. The, the, the things that are written by Koba himself are a little hard to <laughs> grasp in, in certain ways, but, uh, but it is, it is also interesting too. Yeah. So I guess the, that second one was really about the, the, this thing I was just talking about the, the sort of power to continue. And then the, the third one, although it ended with this beer thing, it, it, um, I think the theme of it was, was kind of like metal is something that you don't do kind of halfway or in mm-hmm. passing that, um, you know, that sort of differentiates it from, a from other, other forms of, uh, maybe art, but also music, you know, that uh, he was, he was talking about, um, like a, imagine a festival scenario where you're, you know, like you, you go to a festival and you plan to see a bunch of different things and you know, like, so this thing is on stage a, and then you have to get over to stage B for the other thing. And as you travel, you might pass by something and, uh, you know, watch that in between, like, you know, even though you're trying to get from A to B, like there was some time in between and there was someone on the stage. And mm-hmm. I think what, what Kobo was saying here was essentially that, um, that like metal is not the kind of thing that you watch on your way to A to B. Like the people who went to the metal thing, they were, they intended to go to the metal thing and the people who did not intend to go to the metal thing, you know, did not stop. <laughs> right. So, um, what it does, what it, what it leads to is a, is kind of like a even more energized, even more focused, uh, audience, you know, that, that's, uh, I think you called it hotter. That's true. Yeah. Um, 
anyway, I did that. As I try to explain this, I realize I understand it less and less. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Read it and interpret it yourself, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Is there anything else that I wanted to? I mean, we are we are really um, talking about just tiny little fragments of stuff that's in here. I mean, like there there is a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that's interesting in here that um, that we oh, haven't yeah. talked about, but. Yeah, the articles in the themselves was really cool to read. I mean, there there is a lot in there. One thing that was in the Koba uh, metal interview that that I um, I think I I think I kind of knew this before. Maybe we even talked about it before, but um, you know, he sort of confirmed that Metal Galaxy is is um it's constructed. Well, there were two things. First of all, it's um it's constructed as a two album, you know, thing. Partly because Japan is still obsessed with physical media, so right. it makes sense to have two discs. Uh, in Japan and abroad, it's all digital streaming, and so they the the abroad version of it was actually sort of designed. This may be post hoc rationalization, but at any rate, it was designed to be a coherent single thing. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you have to leave out, you know, <laughs> BMC, BMC <laughs> but, and BBAB. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I quite buy that rational rationalization, but at any rate, there was at least this concept of of a two album set makes sense in a physical medium in a way that it doesn't um in a streaming one but the other thing is that he um he kind of confirmed that it is it is constructed in a parallel way like the the songs on the disc correspond to each other you know the song one on disc one corresponds to song one on disc two and so forth Mm -hmm. down the list he says it's uh he said it was set up like a, a sumo wrestling chart right so there is there you know there are some parallels between between the things across the discs as well. I mean even if it's not super obvious it it's it it kind of felt like that anyway, but it was intentional apparently. Hmm. That just makes me want to kind of like play one after the other like playing Future Metal and then in the name of and then was it mm-hmm. Dada Dance and Distortion? I mean they are kind of <laughs> two totally different things. Yeah, that was another thing that came up a couple of times in the interview. Like the the editor in chief clearly believes that Dada Dance is the first song on this album, and Koba Metal clearly believes that it's Future Metal, and, and they and they just keep <laughs> talking past each other. It's like, <laughs> but uh, uh, what else? Oh, well, one other thing I think this also we we mentioned before was that um, unlike previous albums, this there's a large part of Metal Metal Galaxy that was constructed actually in sort of a band camp scenario where they were all like together on a retreat with guitars playing around with ideas like Kobo would say like let's work on something with this kind of theme and then everybody would provide ideas and they'd talk about it in a way that's much more interactive than than any of the prior work which is interesting because mm-hmm. uh, so i do think uh, you know a lot of times people complain about how inorganic sometimes the music might be but um it does seem like metal galaxy in many respects is less inorganic in that way Mm-hmm, exactly. Right. I mean, there's really not a whole lot that sounds the same on Metal Galaxy either. Like, every song is very specific. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say that technically for, like, you know, the first album, the second album, although the second album is very, although I think he mentioned it somewhere in the article before, Metal Resistance was more meant to take, you know, the, the, the like metal and then, you know, tweak it up, <laughs> you know, 
And so a lot of it does sound the straight, you know, very, very, very heavy, you know, more on the metal side of things. Um, whereas, you know, Metal Galaxy is a little bit more, I don't want to say all over the place, but like it's de- definitely a little more obvious that I don't even know how to properly explain it. Like it, it, it is very, each song is very individualized. And he even mentions like brand new day. It's very pop although he called it like city pop or something but it still has a very underlying metal sound to it once you start breaking it apart so uh, i know there was one thing i wanted to say (laughs) you know with with respect to metal galaxy being all over the place koba did actually say something kind of about that that um it's not like we're going necessarily in a certain direction we're constantly swinging back and forth like a pendulum to keep the whole thing balanced so that it's that it isn't it's not it isn't it isn't actually all over the place it's it's kind of strategically around the place <laughs> right <laughs> that's probably the better way of putting it yes but it still sounds cool <laughs> yeah the the thing with the city pop thing maybe we'll, maybe we'll actually talk with um funny toss about that next time but that there was this there's a very weird uh, aspect to that where they were talking about um brand new day having a city pop feel to it but then but then they very deliberately avoided naming the band that it sounds like <laughs> right like i don't understand what it was um but uh i mean so there the um the, the capable paramedic i think that has worked with funny toss on these translations had an had a guess as to who they mean but i don't understand why it's um uh why it's so secretive <laughs> it's, it's very odd but anyway we can we can maybe talk about that some other point um and then uh, I guess the other thing too is well that uh, uh, they were talking a little bit about touring, uh, touring around the um, uh, basically like they they would like to tour um, more internationally. And and when they talked about this together as a as a group, um, Koba said that they okay, let's see. He said we would indeed like to visit countries we've never been to before. I've talked about it a lot with the girls, it, and uh, their response was um, it's nicer to tour where it's warm. <laughs> so let's follow the sun. <laughs> Which I thought was very nice. Yeah, it's funny. Um, anyway, I wanted to just get that in because I suspect that we won't come back to that. But I thought it was fairly amusing. Yeah, the the actual beach tour. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Maybe. yeah. Okay, so so um, this has been going on for quite some time. Um, so I think we we can probably leave this this little set of interviews here, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. We've been saying, yes, yes, yes. We've been saying that for <laughs> 25 minutes. Um, so, yeah. So next time we'll talk with, um, we'll talk about the process of translation and some of the challenges that that these have provided and, you know, sort of how that's how that's worked. Um, that's made it possible for us to talk about these interviews. And then the time after that, we will talk about uh, the live stream and then we will come back to the interviews. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So thanks, everybody uh, in the chat for joining along or mm-hmm. following along or whatever it is you do along. Um, Tag along. So, yeah. so that's it for this episode. Uh, you can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it. So please do that. We'll be back here in about two weeks. We hope you'll join us then. And until then, see you. <laughs>